This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by First Row Collectibles, for into nerd culture, for into sports memorabilia, for into wrestling memorabilia, please visit firstrow.ca. Use promo code THEPODCAST20 to receive 20% off. They got a ton of stuff from the wrestling world, old comic books, new comic books, signed sports memorabilia from all the major sporting leagues. You want it, they got it. Best thing is they ship worldwide. Even better, they update daily. So please visit them at firstrow.ca. For into video games and books, please visit bossfightbooks.com for great books on classic video games. You'll find titles like NBA Jam, Metal Gear Solid, Mega Man 3, and so many others. Everything you see on their website is available in paperback and ebook format. So please check them out at bossfightbooks.com. And if you want to support me directly, you can visit my merchandise store at tpublic.com or scroll down onto today's device it's embedded right there in the description click on that link takes you right to the merchandise store i got everything from hoodies to t-shirts to travel mugs phone cases anything you need or want it is there but the easiest thing the best thing the freest thing to do to support the show is rate subscribe review on all major platforms most specifically apple Podcasts, TuneIn, soundcloud spotify and iHeartRadio. so this week's guest is a stand-up comedian actor mc and wedding officiant He's done work with the MLS, toured with the Portuguese kids, and has been featured on Portuguese TV. Fellow pork chop, Taylor Amarant. <laughs> Damn, that was quite an introduction, man. Wow, I, I feel like I should have like a trumpeter in here, ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, up, man? it's like I tell all my guests, that's the best you're going to get. It's all downhill from here, my friend. <laughs> I got to say, man, between... That introduction and then mentioning Mega Man 3, which is one of my all-time favorite video games. Oh, wow. Bro, bro, you, uh, well, Mega Man, the series itself. But man, that was quite an intro. Thanks for having me, Steve. No, thank you for being here. Like I said, fellow pork chop. I was actually thinking of starting off my intro in Portuguese just to throw people off and be like, did I tune into the right (laughs) podcast here? But I'm like, nah, I don't want, like, because then someone's going to be dumb and not fast forward a little bit and just figure, oh, this is in Portuguese. I'm not going to listen, right? So oh. I, I didn't want to lose the, the hits. <laughs> You're like, hey, senhoras e senhores, bem-vindo, podcast. 
<laughs> I know, right? <laughs> That's what I should do one day. <laughs> how would it go? Because I do... So, welcome to another rendition. So, how would it be? Okay, let's see if I can do this off the top of my head. Okay. Bem-vindo a outro capítulo, the, the podcast. So far, so good, I think. Right. Estou aqui outra vez, para sempre. E patrocinado por First Row Collectibles? Is, is that right? Patrocinat? Is that a word? I don't know. Primeiro mundo. That's funny, dude. Oh, man. Well, my friend, again, stand-up comedian, all these things I rattled off. So, obviously, I assume you got into comedy first. How did you want to get into comedy? Why did you want to get into comedy? Again, not a lot of Portuguese people, especially in our age group. Obviously, you got the likes of the Portuguese kids, Mike Rita, Comedy Portuguese on Instagram, all those fun accounts and comedians, but... Not really growing up, did we have someone to look up to as a Portuguese comedian, right? You know what? It's funny because I think that there's two answers to that. One, yeah, I didn't, there definitely wasn't stand-up comedians that were Portuguese when I was growing up. I listened and watched a lot of comedy. You know, I feel like we vibe as Portuguese people with some of the Latin culture comedy and some of the yeah. cultural stuff. Even if we can relate. It doesn't matter what country you come from. I feel like just that funny... You know, my heritage, my roots, my culture stuff is relatable. Um, but on the flip, man, I feel like every Portuguese house had a stand-up comedian, you know? Like a, a, an old Portuguese uncle, right. a, a sleepy grandfather, a dramatic <laughs> aunt, you know, like a prim, a cousin who just comes in to eat and then he leaves. Like there were oh so many people who were funny or could tell jokes that it was entertaining. I think that inspired me. Uh, more so than what nationality I was. I feel like uh, having them in my home and these funny stories was like, damn, Portuguese people have funny things to say, you know? No, it's But so yeah, you're, uh, you, make a, you make a point there. There, there were, now, for sure, you know, there's a lot, like there's options of, of people to follow and, and that I really admire and look up to that I get to, to work with. But um, yeah, so how it got started, man, like, uh, let's see. I... Growing up, I, I was active. I played a lot of sports. I played nice. soccer, uh, volleyball, and football for, for a, quite a long time. But I always was interested in creative writing. And, oh. and I had a good sense of humor as a kid. Okay. So did my siblings. I like to think my parents, actually my grandfather, too, my mom's dad. Very, very good sense of humor. And I always disliked making people laugh from an early age. Sure. And then I had a few opportunities in school. Like, dude, believe it or not, in eighth grade, I got um, the lead um, in the, the eighth grade play, which mm -hmm. was Grease, and I got to Shut up. do that, and it was it was something I did on a whim, but I did enjoy it. Okay. Um, but then when you get to high school, theater at my high school kind of went a different way, and it wasn't something I vibed with, and I was playing sports and worried about being a cool guy. Um, only in my later years of high school. Did I get back involved? And they asked me to help write some of the, you know, you have your class plays and skits and these right. things. I don't know if in Canada it's similar or yeah. what. But I started writing these things for Homecoming. I was able to be funny through writing in them. Then I started acting in them. Oh. Uh, and, yeah. And then, and that's where it kind of stops because after school, um, I was focused more on school and then and work. And one day my brother, um, believe it or not, came up to me and he's been a, a big supporter of mine he came up to me he's like hey man you were so funny growing up we were always so funny you know you did all these things and, and then you know you uh you're, you're not going to do anything with that you're never going to try to do some comedy or have a little fun i feel like you'd be really good at that and, and he asked me to host his a roast for him where he was going to propose to his then girlfriend oh shit 
Yeah, so he said, hey, I want to organize this roast. I want you to host it. Okay. Just like just like on Comedy Central. We, sure. It, it just get, it started getting big, you know. <laughs> Sorry, I know I'm just blabbing. But, no, please. Oh, uh, love it. Yeah, and so I told him, okay. So I arranged all the other roasters. I hosted this thing. It gave me yeah. a chance to really, you know, clown on all these friends and family that were there. <laughs> right? and I, man, in that night, in that moment, when I was doing that, I realized everybody was laughing. People were just rolling over. And my brother's looking at me with this look. And afterwards, he's like, dude, that was incredible. He's like, I found these nice. classes in San Francisco online. Okay. If you take them, um, I'll pay for them. Oh, wow. That's awesome. He's like, just, he's, yeah. He's like, just go take them, man. If you drive up there, San Francisco's 45 minutes from me. Right? Okay. So if you, you drive up there, I'll pay for them. See what happens. Mm. I took him up on the offer. I took the classes. At the end of the six-week class, he had a tournament, 19 uh, prospective comedians. Okay. You finish top five. Nice. You come down to the improv and you get a chance to compete to open for for a comedian. Oh, that's awesome. And, yeah, and so I competed in that tournament. Right. I actually placed third. Oof. Um, I, got, I came down to the improv. I didn't win, so I didn't get to oh. open for the comedian that night. Yeah. But as I was leaving, one of the guys in there who had been doing comedy told me, hey, man, if, are you going to continue? Because, you know, you have great presence up there. A lot of these guys have done open mics. You've never done anything. Ah. And he's like, you know, your stories are funny, your cultural twist, you know, blah, right. blah, blah. Keep going. And so I did. I kept going. And then one day, Portuguese kids came to town to tour. And believe it or not, um, they had asked a, a, my bro, a guy through my bro, my brother through a guy, excuse me, to do sound for them. Okay. And my brother said, hey, I don't know if you have an opening act, <laughs> but my brother is Portuguese American. He's a stand up comic and he's been he's been doing comedy like I think he'd, he'd do a great job. Right. So they had me out. We did uh, we did right here in my hometown. They, had, they we sold it out. They sold it out. I mean, some of my family also. Of course, kids, they sold it out. <laughs> Almost 500 people, man. And wow. uh, it was, I came up and I did a set and. It was unbelievable. It was so oh, it was awesome. amazing. When I came off stage, they were like, "Hey, man, you know, let's talk." Mm. And then uh, they signed me to a bunch of cities, and dude, the mm. rest is happily ever after, man. We've been right. touring all over the United States for the last eight nine years. Canada, we did the Azores last yep. year. Uh, yep. Yeah, man, that's the the short story long. No, that's an awesome <laughs> story, and it's so nice to hear because, again, Portuguese culture. We're not really raised to be entertainers. It's always you have to work. Things to be on things to buy bone. Like you know what I mean. So you don't want to take risks. Like you know what I mean. You got to work in an office for people who don't speak Portuguese. That's what we were always brought up as being Portuguese children of immigrants. True, and you know what? But to, but to be also, to, and I want to be upfront and transparent. That whole time I was doing comedy, and still now I've always still with that Portuguese workhorse thing always in your head. I've always still had a, a job, a full-time job, Look at that. and then also side jobs on the side and things where, because nice. man, in here in California, you got to have like nine side gigs to, you know, to, to get by in this area. Sure. But yeah, it's like, you're right though. You're not raised to be, hey, go out there and be an entertainer, but Portuguese people naturally have that thing in them. So right. they work hard during the day and if they really want it, you see them playing music at night or doing shows or doing art or whatever. So it is there. But you're right. It's not like it's not the goal from from day one. No, and, and and that goes even for sports too. Like they do, like they will not push you when it comes to that. They're, they think it's a waste of time where you should just be studying, 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 and that's all they wanted you to do. And I was like, oh, like come on, like fuck. Dude, when I played American football, 
Maya Vo, uh, rest in peace, the, the most amazing man I've ever known. He okay. knew I played soccer, he knew I played volleyball, but then he wanted, he saw the, the 49ers on TV and he's the guys with the helmets on it. Right. You know, this guy is a Azorian immigrant, you know, working in the Leiteria-ish kind of thing. Shit. And he was like, he's like, you're going to play this game? And I'm like, yeah, I'm already playing this game. You want to come, come watch? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. He came with my family. Okay. And I'll never forget it. He came to a game. It started raining. Had a little umbrella. He's watching. It turned into a, a, a run-heavy game. Hmm. And I'm in there. Bat, we're bashing heads, man. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. And I come off the field. Yeah. And I see my family. And my dad's like, hey, good game. And I see my avo. And he looks at me. And he's got, like, this smirk. And he's mm-hmm. like, and he, he said two words. He's all, Tenta Pancaderia. <laughs> like, he's like, He's like, Tenta Pancaderia. And then I started laughing. And he's like, he told me, hey, you should not buy this a juice or a cabeza, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, man, he, he kept talking about it for months. Like, hey, you were out there. And he kept like, oh, it was funny. But, yeah, he was uh, he was thrown for a loop. He's like, why are kids playing this game? It's crazy. But the funny thing is, like, even in my family. So my dad was a cyclist. Like, he was actually good in his prime. It was, like, back in the 50s or 60s. He did the Tour of Portugal, all that. He all won right. a few races and whatever, right? But he never pushed me to go into sports. Like, he didn't even teach me how to ride a bike. And this man wore, like, the yellow jersey in Toro, Portugal. Like, that's what I mean about the Portuguese not pushing their kids when it comes to, like, the arts. Did he really wear the yellow jersey, dude? Yeah, man. Like, he was decent. Yeah, he was actually, like, half decent. Not saying he was the best, but, you know, he was better than average, I guess. You know what I mean? For people at home... Wearing the yellow jersey is not just like, hey, you wake up, I'm going to wear these green pants and this yellow jersey. <laughs> you got to earn, that yellow jersey is yellow because it, it means something. Like, you got to earn that. That's a pretty big deal, Steve. Damn. Yeah, I know. But again, he, he never really. Did you to ride a bike? No, he didn't even teach me how to ride a bike. I taught myself. Yeah. Like, and it's like. He's out here. Steve's still riding around with, with training wheels. Oh, gosh. What do you mean training wheels? I got a tricycle, my friend. I'm just kidding, dude. Damn. <laughs> Wow, man, that's cool. But and so you didn't play sports then, huh? Growing up? Well, I did. I tried, but again, I didn't have the support of my. And then how far can you go as a child not having money to go further after like high school or something, or even during high school? Because when you're in high school, that's when it starts getting competitive. Especially up here in Canada, the big thing is hockey, right? And for people who know in Canada, ice hockey is fucking expensive. Like the sp- oh, yeah. like the equipment, the getting out there, everything about it is just crazy. So it's like, if my parents aren't giving me money, how am I supposed to go any further? So all I did was play with, like, my friends and the boys down the street and just play street hockey and shit, and that's pretty much it. Like, no, other than that, it was my, just for fun. My, uh, my brother and I, growing up, roller hockey was huge out here. And really? then the Sharks came in the 90s, so hockey ah, is actually pretty big here. Okay, gotcha. They're pretty, pretty big here now. But we played roller hockey growing up. Yeah, yeah. Try as we might, man, my brother and I were good at so many sports. And it's almost to the point where probably the kids on our neighborhood didn't like us for it uh, but, but they all they were all very good roller hockey players mm-hmm. and my brother and i absolutely sucked at rollerblading. <laughs> like i would be rollerblading out to the game and my rollerblades would be pointed out so no. far i was that kid i couldn't do it it sucked i, I was horrible but uh, it's not yeah, in our genes though hockey. it's not in our genes that's why no it's not <laughs> hell no it's not man it's soccer and then everything else Pretty much soccer, wine making. I don't know what what else is there? P- picking good I'd fruits at the grocery store. And wine drinking. Ah, like one A, one B. Make wine, drink wine. Boom. 
That's true. <laughs> that is true. Okay, so how about this? For people who don't know your stand-up or the first time they're listening to you, is your stand-up strictly Portuguese-related all the time, or do you do other stuff other than Portuguese bits? So, so definitely when I'm touring with the Portuguese kids, um, it's, it's mostly, I'd say, 80% okay. to 85%. Well, that makes sense. Portuguese themes. So, like, you know, stories of growing up Portuguese, man. Um, but I also do a lot of, you know, I guess, quote-unquote, you know, mainstream comedy, too. I've done a lot of the local clubs here, you sure. know, the Improv and Rooster T and Tommy T, things like that. Um, and that will be swapped where I'll do mostly non-Portuguese or some. There's always an element of cultural comedy to what I do. Well, because it's you. Because, because it's me. Yeah. And so, but with that said, it does vary if I'm doing a a Portuguese-type audience and a, a more diverse audience. No, that makes completely sense. And and your material is awesome, my friend. I love your style of storytelling and even callbacks and stuff to certain stuff you said before. Like, one of my favorites is the Chapada bit, the Nervoz bit. Like, those two are classics for me. Like, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah. like, just that good storytelling is just awesome in comedy. And, again, everyone has their own thing, but I think you do it perfectly. How about this? What are some of your favorite Portuguese bits that you've done over the years? You know, man, so this is actually, this, this is funny. I The Portuguese kids and I, last weekend, were talking about this. Because oh, okay. We, yeah, we talk about each other's bits, and sometimes when we're hanging out, we'll talk, they'll say, oh, yeah, you know, this one really hit tonight, or this one always works. Or, well, there's one that I do now um, that, I, that I've been doing, and it's based on a true story. Okay. There's some elements to it that I've inflated, obviously, for comical reasons, sure. but in general... You couldn't really come up with this if you tried, but uh, this one, it, it's about um, a time that I that I uh, shit my quekish, um, and I was, uh, I was oh, like, no. a, you know, fifth grader okay. or something, fourth grader, old enough not to shit your quekish. Sure. And I, and I ended up, I really had to go to the bathroom, teacher wouldn't let me, and I tried to do what everyone tries to do in that scenario, I tried to fart it out. <laughs> And, uh, you know, when you, when you make that, when you try to perk up, you know, like a dolphin, like, yep. you know, yep. and, uh, make a little bit more unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately something else happened there and I, and I had to basically get rid of, without giving away the whole bit, I had to get rid of these underwear, right. but being that I was Portuguese, my Portuguese mom writes my first and last name on everything I own, including oh, my bag of my record. So I tossed these undies. And I don't know in Canada um, how it works, but a lot of the janitorial and maintenance people mm-hmm. at our high schools here locally are Portuguese or Azorian. Oh, okay. And so a Portuguese janitor actually found Shut up. My, my undies. And it gets funnier and funnier from there because he ends up the next day calling me into his office. <laughs> and then the, the underwear... There's a brown bag on top of the table between us. He pulls out my underwear. They've been washed and folded because his Portuguese wife knows my parents. Oh, my God. And he, he tries to make me feel like not to feel bad. And then he tells me, oh, I'll never say anything. You know, it's, it's a grand secret. You know, I'll never, I'll never tell anybody. And then for the next six years of my life at school, oh no, um, this guy, every time he would see me, would almost give away my secret. He'd always be like, hey, Hapash, hey. Hey, don't forget, hey, I'm never, I'm never going to say nothing, you know, and every time I see him, 
So anyway, there's more to that joke and how it ends is really funny, but that one right now is a great, is a, I'll tell you, man, people love a good, right? I shit my quackish story, you know what I it's mean? It's so, and I don't know if I should be upset or not, because I don't have a good shit your quack. I've had their experiences, I could think of, I'll, actually, I'll tell you one right now quickly. It was when I was in go. Portugal, oddly enough, I went and we were in Lisbon because my grandmother at the time lived in like in, like five minutes away from like downtown Lisbon or something. So they picked us up at the airport. And then after oh. I can't remember what street we're, we were on, but it was like a major street. And in the middle, it's sort of like it had like forestry in the middle. And like it was one lane was south. Yeah. And then it was north. And it was divided by forestry. Right. And then I was like, Mom, I got to go to washroom. I got to go to washroom. She's like, no, hold it. We're almost there. I'm like, no, I'm I, again, I'm going to shit my quack. No, I can't. I have to go. And we just got off a plane. Like, you know what I mean? And I'm like, no, I got to go. I got to go. And then my uncle turns around and like, he's from Lisbon too. He lives with my grandmother. He's like, why don't you just go over there? We'll circle around and pick you up. I was 11 years old. This guy wanted me to go shit in the middle of an intersection in some forestry and then swing around and pick me up without me even knowing where the fuck I am. Well, I ended up doing it. I got out of the car. I shit. And luckily, he did come around. It was like perfect timing. And I was like, if this if this was missed by like a second or two, God, like what would have happened to me? <laughs> Yikes. Bro, that I'm sure there was someone else who that moment impacted their life as well. They were turning around in their car. And then they saw this guy shitting in the middle of the intersection, dude. Now they're telling that story on a podcast, dude. Well, what's worse, uh, seeing a kid yeah. taking a shit in public or a grown man taking a shit? Think about that. That's Right? Oh, damn, that's. Oh, <laughs> uh, that is very good point, man. Uh, dude, outside of outside of that one, there's another one I always love telling, which is basically like, um, a, a, there's a bit where I just describe from start to finish what okay. it's like to fly with your Portuguese family back to the Azores. Oh. Um, and like being on those planes, and then like the pilot being this like, hey, you know, this is just who's this like slick guy. Right. All the different. <laughs> The different groups that are on the plane, like the nervous old lady in black with the rosary and the the, the Portuguese boyfriend with the non-Portuguese girlfriend and the yeah. Portuguese girlfriend with the non-Portuguese. So it's like this really kind of fun, um, you know, we've all been there on that sata, on that flight kind of bit. I always like that one too. That was a fun one right now. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, those are all great ones, it sounds like. And I can't wait for you to drop that one about the shit you're quacking so I can hear it from start to finish proper. But yeah, everyone loves a good shit yourself story, right? So you can't go wrong with those. <laughs> for sure, buddy. Well, for again, sure. speaking of Portugal and flying, so I assume before you've performed, you've been to Portugal before recreationally. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so my so both my parents are immigrants from San Jorge. And okay. um, we... We have property there. We have a couple of play, um, houses there. Nice. Um, in fact, uh, one in St. George that we had been working on for quite a few years now that, that we get to enjoy, which is great. Um, and so I've been there a ton since I was a kid. I, the first time I ever went back, I think I was four or five. Uh-huh. And then going back going back very often um, ever since. And in mainland Portugal, mm-hmm. uh, I go a ton. My wife and I love it. I was an exchange yes. student there oh, uh, once upon a time. Shit. So I... Yeah, so I have some That's good cool. friends there um, from Coimbra and Lisbon, and we also love nice. to do Algarve and, of course. and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, definitely. Definitely been there and love it. Going back in August, so really excited. Okay, because I feel better now. Even though I grew up, like everyone in my neighborhood was Portuguese. Like in the part of Toronto I lived in, like like even Mike Rita himself, he's he still lived like a good 10, 15 minutes away from me, but this whole block yeah. was all Portuguese people. Like our schools... 
Could you smell his smoke from there? No? <laughs> I know, right? No, we that's what we used to communicate back then before the internet. Smoke signals. Smoke signals. <laughs> that's fun. We blow donuts up in the air. <laughs> but but it's like like even our schools, like everyone was Portuguese, and there would be like one or two people who were non-Portuguese, but then they would be like Italian or something. So it's like close enough, like you know what I mean. Sure. But it's like growing up in predominantly area like this. It was it was. I was the only one who used to go back to Portugal every summer. So I never spent a summer as a child in Canada. It was always, oh, we're wow. going to go to Portugal. We're going to see your grandmother, your aunts and uncles, like all that sort of stuff. And it sounds like wow. you were sort of like that too, where you used to go like on a yearly basis, right? Well, I used to, like earlier in our life, it was every couple of years. Then when we got to be like, you know, high schoolers, middle schoolers, it was every other year. Ah, and then just, okay. yeah, as often as we can now, like there's been years in a row where I've gone. And I've missed what there were summers I spent, you know, I love soccer, obviously. So there were summers I spent chasing Euro Cups and going to tournaments to watch Portugal. And nice. So I did I did miss out on a couple of those. But yeah, all throughout my 20s, 30s, man, going uh, at least like, every other year. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because I I, I hate it because I got sick of it as a kid. Because as a kid, you didn't appreciate yeah. it. Like, you know what I mean? You're like, oh, you're taking away from my friends. I don't want to go back to Portugal. My family can't speak English. Now I got to speak Portuguese. Like, what's going on here? But then slowly, as I got older, because it was the same thing for me, as soon as I graduated high school, I moved there for a year, and then I never literally, I've gone back once with my wife, but that was like two years when we got into the relationship, and now we're 23 years together, so it's been over 20 years since I've been back home. And it's like, but I don't really want to go, but my wife wants to go and everything, and that's all that, but... Bro, like, when you say back home, like, where are you referring to proper, like, where? Okay, so my dad's from Peniche, Okay. and my mom is from Santarém, but... We have a house by Peniche, so we're literally like by the coast. Like it's it's an hour or so north of of, of Lisbon on the coast. My guy, I mean, you, oh, you just don't like to be like on the coast, huh? You just kind of just want to not. I think it's just I'm that. so sick of Portugal. I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's maybe I got PTSD. Like, and then when I go back, I just think of myself as a kid. I don't know what it is, but I would rather see the rest okay. of Europe because I haven't seen the rest of Europe, right? Oh, okay. See now, see that. Okay, I. Okay, I understand that. I've been I've been lucky enough. I've been to a ton. I've been to like twelve or thirteen countries in Europe. Oh I, shit! Okay. Been, so I'm cool with relaxing a little more on Europe now um, and doing Portugal. But I still love to travel anywhere, so I'm down. But yeah, I understand. If you spent that many years in Portugal, I get it. So here's what I'll do for you. Okay. That house, that house you have near the coast. Yeah. Anytime. Look, if you're tired of it, hey, give me a call, man. Airbnb, me, bro. You never heard of Airbnb? Me? Not really. No, that's when you, that's when you call you? That me, man. That means, that means give me the keys. That's what that means. Well, if you that's want, funny. you let me know, my friend. Like, my dad only goes during the summer, and he won't mind having a roommate. If, if you want to go, hey. by all means, go. Does he Does he like, does he drink Angelica? I don't know what, he, he's not really a drink. He's actually, you know what, he's pretty boring. He's one of those straight edge type of guys. Does he cook? Oh, yeah, he's a good cook, though. Because actually... Oh, he, when okay, he was in the army back in the day when you were forced to go to the army, he was stationed in, in Guinea and he was the chef for, for the army. Oh. So he picked up like how to cook and all that. And then, cause my mom was sick too growing up. So he had to know how to cook too. So he, no, he's uh, actually, he makes a killer cuisine. Oh man, his cuisines are like the best. Wow, man. Okay. So Dude, he could cook. So no worries. Okay, if you want to go, let me know. I guess, I guess I'll see him there. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, shit. <laughs> but you've actually, like I said off the bat, too, you've been featured on Portuguese TV. Like, you opened up for, what was it, some kind of award show? 
that was over there in Portugal? Oh, I, I, I did. Um, oh gosh, uh, the International Portuguese Music Awards. I did, there you go. Uh, a bunch of years ago, I opened the the program there in Massachusetts, um, and then I've done uh, various like interviews and stuff. I was featured on a on a program that highlights. Um, Portuguese Americans as well, and, nice. and in business, um, and they uh, also let's see, yeah, a few a few programs maybe highlighted um, my work with Major League Soccer. I'm, I do the that's right. stadium programming for the for the San Jose Earthquakes, and so we had some Portuguese television come down and kind of get the stadium experience. So yeah, I've been on there. You've seen these eyebrows a few times on there, probably. <laughs> right, you know what? There is something about the Portuguese. My wife tells me all the time. She's like, if I had your eyebrows, what I could do with them. I'm like, well, if you want oh. them, fucking take them. I don't care. Like, who the fuck cares oh, about... Women don't understand. Guys don't give a fuck about eyebrows. We can't put our dicks in it, so we don't care about it. That's funny, dude. Yeah, it's, my, it's like women right now, big eyebrows are like back. Right? So, like, I'm watching these girls trying to, like, comb their eyebrows up. I've been, I've been over here trying to, like, you know, line these angry birds up for years, and, and these girls now are combing theirs up. It's hilarious. It's so funny. I might, I might be able to get some money if I do maybe like a half an eyebrow transplant or something. We might not. Well, actually, that up. you know, you got to do open up an open fan, uh, an OnlyFans just for eyebrows, and then you're just winking yeah, back and forth. Bro, OnlyFans for eyebrows. I'm literally gonna steal that from you. You're welcome. You could have it, my friend. You could have it, my friend. Because I do, I do a lot of. I don't know if you've been to a live show of mine or not, but I do a lot of. No, not live. Um, I do eyebrow a lot of eyebrow stuff at the very beginning. Oh, I make okay. Fun of myself a lot, and I always throw in dumb, like just dumb funnies and things into that. And this sounds like something I'm gonna throw right on in there. You should, because then after even the premium customers, you send up, you pluck an eyebrow live on camera, put it in an envelope, and then you lick it and send it to them. Like you know what I mean? Come on, man. <laughs> That's fucking crazy, dude. Damn, the world is an is an amazing place. <laughs> it is. It is. When I hear people making like fucking like $50,000 a month off of OnlyFans, it's like, what am I doing wrong here, man? Like, I got to find a part of my body that looks good that people would want to pay for and just stick That's it out there. Oh, so dude. Like, why not? Yeah, it is weird how people like, well, you know what? It's, it, I can't knock the hustle. People are finding ways yes. to make money. So it's so, it's crazy, dude, how this all works out. I don't, I don't blame the people doing it. I blame the people paying for it. <laughs> I know, right? They're just man. Who is out there buying some of that stuff? Oh my gosh! I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't understand. Like, if you want to support someone because you're a fan of them, sure. But I don't know, man. Porn's free. Just go online somewhere else. I, I don't understand. Hey, you're all. I don't know. I don't know who's ordering that. You like turn over to your laptop on the side. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I follow nostrils on OnlyFans, so that's my thing. That's hilarious, bro. Eyebrows. I wonder if that's a thing, huh? Should. If I get a yacht, if I ever am able to buy a yacht because of these eyebrows, I'll call it the, the Yacht Cast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'll be like, this, this idea got me this OnlyFans money, which got me this yacht, which means it's only right, and I call it the Yacht Cast. Right? There you go. It all ties together. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's too funny. Fuck. Well, again, you brought it up in passing right now, too. Let's not gloss over this. Working with MLS, working with the, I, I don't know what the San Jose affiliate is down there. Because, again, being European, I can't watch MLS. Like, I just can't. Live is different. Like, if someone gives me tickets to go watch a Toronto FC game, no problem. I'll be there. I'll watch it live. But to watch it on, it's not to say, I need that big stadium atmosphere. I need the chance. I need, like, 
I don't want to see empty seats, if that makes sense. So what is the San Jose affiliate, and how did you get this fucking gig, man? So before I even jump into that, I will say this. In defense of MLS, okay. um, and I'm not saying this because they signed my paycheck. I'm just I'm saying this to be honest with you. I, I followed this, this league since it came uh, okay. back in 96. Obviously, I was younger then, but I've been working in it for a decade. Shit. I've seen over the last 15 years a very healthy incremental, like, improvement okay. on not only the product on the field, especially the last five, six seasons. The product on the field has gotten so much better. And the product in the stands um, with some of these teams and their fan culture and the sold-out stadiums and the fans actually singing in unison and very much vibing like fans in Europe. Because, dude, I, I'm going to be honest with you. And I, and I also now look down upon these people at times and give them a hard time. But for a long time, I was what we call in the soccer fan world a Euro snob myself. Like, I I grew up Benfica, number one. I grew up, you know, Champions League, watching La Liga, Superliga, sure. uh, Serie A, you know, uh, Bundesliga. I, I was really, you know, I was part of that generation where MLS came after I had already been watching soccer, you know, until I was, you know, 12. Right. Then MLS got here. So... So, although early on, yeah, the product weak, the fan experience weak, I have to say from the from my, my true belief, the last five years, the league has been growing, the talent has been growing, the game plays better. I think they still need to work out a better playoff format. Uh-huh. I also think they they still need to, I, I think they, they've been messing with that, they need to work on that. Sure. Apple TV came in and, and bought the rights, yep. so they have a little control over how, how many games and whatnot. Okay. Anyway, that's all political stuff. But I see what you're saying. Because if I sit down and watch an average MLS game, and I sit down and watch an average game in, you know, say, La Liga or or, or uh, APL, etc., there is a difference in flow and in quality. And we know those names, and we know that heritage. Exactly. But give MLS another 20. We have to obviously remember, those leagues have been around 100 years. Of course. We this love them. 150 years. Yep. MLS came in 96. You give MLS another 20 years, I think we're talking about a very, very, very competitive league globally. I just wanted to get 20. to the likes where, because you got big billionaires backing these teams. It's just that players don't want to come here. Or they come here in their like their golden years. Like They just want to like you know go off into the sunset. Uh, obviously, like your Messi's and stuff like that, right? But why can't we, like until we see like that first signing of a guy in his prime, then I, I I'm sorry I just I, oh, I can't do it man for sure it's hard well yeah and, yeah and, and I understand that and that's the thing you won't see that for a while because a lot more goes into that than you think um, or anyone thinks for example those players want to be playing in Champions League that's, that's right. right that's the exactly. number one tournament on earth it's the most important yep. professional paid club tournament in the world you can't qualify playing here yeah. Um, but I think what we've seen now with Saudi Arabia having so much money and luring players who are actually in a decent place in their career, mm-hmm. you're seeing that dollars do make sense to these players, okay. and some of them will sacrifice playing in Champions League to make a lot of money. So at some point, either if the U.S. wants that talent, they're going to have to come up with blockbuster contracts, or just wait the, the test of time until the league grows and maybe Champions League... Because I don't know if you know this, but Champions League's changing next year as well. Mm. Um, there's going to be more games, more yeah. teams. It's always changing. So who knows what might happen, but you're right. Until 
there's a lot of little things that go into it, and there's so much sponsor money in European football as well that's global money because the globe watches the European leagues, mm-hmm. whereas MLS, they're seeking it out for a reason. Right. They're not like – there's casual fans around the world that are definitely watching MLS, but they're probably not seeking it out at the rate they're seeking mm-hmm. out the league that they've already known for 25 years very well. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get it. And, and you're lucky I didn't yeah. hang up on you because I'm a sportingista, so – you know. You're sporting Easter? Yes, my friend. Bro, I knew it. I sensed I sensed it. My when I saw you my eyebrows started going and I was like I was like, this guy a fucking sporting Easter dude. I knew it. Well, it makes beard, sense. Their jersey is green. I smoke green, so why not? Like it fits. That's funny, dude. Green is a great color, indeed. Indeed. It right? Is. However, oh sporting? Go. Not so much, dude. Well, again, it comes down to the money. But everyone knows it's Benfica and Port, right? Sporting is always the, the third, like, down. It's the ugly stepchild of those two. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, I, feel like, I feel like sporting's like the 98 degrees of the Portuguese <laughs> yes. soccer boy band. There's like Sink and Backstreet Boys, yes. and then sporting is 98 degrees, dude. You know what I mean? And I think that's why I actually like them to begin with, because they're sort of the top underdog so when you see them win it's a huge thing and they barely ever make it to anything so it's like okay like that's not bad and plus what other team could say that that was the first team Ronaldo played for come on you know what I will say this um, I'll say sporting plays hard they've had great years uh, uh, in in these last five six years they've had some good seasons and as much as I talk my smack and all but if you go for sporting I also can can pay respects for their due and and Ruben Amorim had a good run for a while. There you go. The team has good showings. They play tough. They have good players. They have a good fan base. You know, I'm going to say I, I, you know, I hope they never win another Portuguese league again. But well, of course. Same time, put a bang. Well, you got to you got to spread the love, my friend. So, what do you exactly do for MLS? Like, you're there on the. Are you doing your stand up like during the uh, in, in intermissions or commercial breaks? Like, what's going on? A, a considerable amount of comedy is involved, yes, okay. but no. Um, I So I host our in-stadium programming and show, okay. which means I'm doing the player interviews down on the pitch oh, nice. pre-game. I'm doing the player interviews post-game, coach interviews. I do um, fan, like if we're doing fun stuff for programming, mm-hmm. I'm doing like interactive stuff with the fans, doing some uh, banter stuff, sponsorship things, giveaways, highlighting, nice. you know, amazing things happening in the stadium or with the team and then at halftime i get to have some fun man if I, if we're doing fun fan stuff i kind of get to go out there lead them into that programming <clears throat> in front of the full stadium and roast them a little bit um beautiful and then yeah so i do that and then also i had hosted a program on nbc sports bay area oh okay um for the for the earthquakes um it was a sounds like earthquake like a mls highlights type show um and then yeah i get spot stuff here and there on our programming and our content um and uh, yeah, man, it's been it's been a good it's been a good go. So, have you had a chance since <clears throat> he is part of MLS to interview Messi yet? No. So we oh. that's fine, it's funny, man. Everybody I know asks me that. Well, um, of course, because that's the only name in MLS. So, fuck. <laughs> if if I if I ever saw him on the field and he came to me to shake my hand, you know those you know those old school like little zapper buzzer things. Shut you put your up! Hand? That's hilarious. I want to be the guy. They talk about on TikTok, you zap. No, I'm joking. No, you should wear a Ronaldo jersey underneath and then flash him as he comes by. I just come out. <laughs> um, I, uh, we haven't played Miami since he's been on the team. Okay. Uh, it looks like 
next year they very likely will not be coming to San Jose oh, because shit. they're in the Eastern Conference. We're in the Western Conference. We only play a handful of teams from that conference, right. so it makes it complicated. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if he had come here, you know, who knows? I, I, I know he's got a crazy bodyguard that's always with him, so I wouldn't want to be uh, a victim of that dude. Come on, you got to have some material, though, that you got to drop on him and, like, you know, Ronaldo's better than you and all that sort of stuff. Like, oh, bro, you got to slip it in somehow. All I have to do is one thing. Just the Ronaldo celebrations, all I have to do. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and then I'd look at him, and then, you know, security would tackle me right then and there. Boom. <laughs> that is too funny. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, it is the Christmas time, my friend. Portuguese culture is huge around Christmas. We are very religious. We love, you know, ninja juice, everything, and all that stuff, right? So, my friend, being Portuguese, got to drop me some of the stuff that you guys celebrate, some of the food you eat around this time. Is it hectic? Do you have a big celebration? How, how are your Christmases? Well, uh, you know what? First of all, boas festas. <laughs> Obrigado. And, Igualmente. Uh, <laughs> um, I... This year is extra special, man. I okay. just had my first uh, child three and a half months ago. Congrats. Um, yeah, thank you. So it'll be the first time I have a Christmas with a little one. Oh, my wife and I are super pumped. That's awesome. Like, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, everything's about her. She's the uh, she's the planet now. I'm just the moon. I'm just revolving uh, that's it. around. Uh, Get used to it, my friend. It gets worse. Yeah. So, so I've heard. So we're excited. We've got uh, Christmas Eve is a big deal at my parents' house. It used to be my grandparents, but we have a huge thing at my parents, and we'll have man, we'll have bacalhau. Nice. We'll have um, we'll have uh, corn pork saltiaz. We'll have like camarão. Um, so you eat meat on Christmas Eve? My family knows strictly all seafood, no meat. Well, your family, well, your family's got a lot to learn, my friend. No, because you're not allowed to eat meat uh, on Christmas Eve, apparently, because something about Jesus dying or or being born, whatever it is, like you know, you, you know what? That's why we always text Jesus uh, before we do it. We're like, "Hey, Jesus, uh... you asking for forgiveness?" <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, we it's yeah, we've never had that tradition. We okay. uh, we eat whatever's delicious on Christmas Eve. That's um, even better. Yeah, a bunch of Portuguese stuff, great desserts, pastels nata will be out there as well. We'll have um, a lot of delicious sweet bread. We'll have, uh, let's see, what else? Fish. We'll have... Um, cutting gauge, for sure. Salmon, probably salmon out there. No cutting gauge. No? Oh. No cutting gauge. Maybe that's, that's a Canadian thing. for us. Sorry? You know, on, on Christmas Eve, yeah. that's too messy. Oh, we don't care. It's, it's camarão and cutting gauge. Those are the two staples every year. Dude, camarão is such a big deal in my house. Like, everyone's tried to learn my grandfather's... With the head, though, right? It's got to have the head and the black eyes on it still, right? No, sometimes. <gasps> if we're going old school, yes, but not most of the time. Like, this is California, man. People want to be out here. These guys are you two know, Portuguese not... over there, man. These guys turned into hipsters already. Get out of here. Bro, that's hilarious. Man, the, uh, if you see how we argue on Christmas Eve, you'd be like, yep, they're so Portuguese. That's true. But, uh, yeah, it'll be a delicious meal Christmas Eve. We open presents, uh, youngest to oldest. Yep. Uh, oh, us, it was the opposite. They made us kids suffer. They went oldest to youngest. You know what? We switched that a few years ago, but now making the kids wait is, like, impossible because I've got That's true. six nieces and nephews, and it's, it's wild. I could imagine, uh, yeah. But, but, yeah, then uh, Christmas Day, uh, or then we'll do uh, uh, Mass, then Christmas Day we'll do... Okay. 
uh, probably have some of my wife's family over and then uh, do a couple stops. You know, super, super chill, fun, a lot of family, a lot of, a lot of food. That's awesome. What about you, man? Yeah, pretty much. Just, well, again, even though my family wasn't the best tight-knit family, because as I got older, my brothers were not in the picture as much, and then my mom was sick, so it's kind of depressing, to tell you the truth. I really don't care for Christmas anymore as, as an adult. But the younger, like, the early years that I could remember when my brothers were still in the picture and shit, it was like, it was decent. Like, I remember, like, eating the shrimp and all that stuff, actually opening a present or two and stuff like that. But as I got older, it, like I said, it got really depressing. But the thing I always remember, what it, it was the food. That's what... Uh, I always remember, like, my dad would always have to go down to, to, to Chinatown to grab the cheap fucking cutting gauge so my mom could cook them. Like, you, you know what I mean? All that fun stuff. Like, that's what I remember yeah. about Christmas. It wasn't really... And because, I don't know about how your family is, but Portuguese are notoriously known for being cheap. So it's not like I got the best gifts as a kid. It was either hand-me-downs from my brothers or stuff I didn't even want that they thought I want, but because it was on sale, they bought for me. And I was like, I don't fuck it. What about socks, man, or Quekish? No, I never got that shit, oddly enough. No, th- those are the hand-me-downs I would get. Well, maybe not the Quekish, but, like, sweaters and bro, shoes, for man, sure. I hope you weren't wearing them hand-me-down Quekish. Can you imagine, bro? <laughs> the, no, you know, my mom would turn them inside <laughs> out and give them to me. <laughs> Jeez. No, thank you. But, no, it was decent. It, it, it was okay. And then the, year, the, the years that I actually enjoyed was when we'd actually go chill with my aunts and uncles and cousins. Because not every season we got to do that, especially as you get older. Again, you know, family splinter. Now you got other halves to go to and celebrate as well. So it's kind of hard to get your immediate family with the cousins you grew up with under one roof now to celebrate one thing. But those few times that we did, those were the best ones because I got to live through Christmas through them, seeing them opening up, getting a Nintendo or an actual game. And here I'm getting like a fucking game from three years ago. And it's like, Mom, I don't have Atari. Why'd you buy this? It's like... Oh, it was on sale, Creed. Yeah, it was good. But Atari, dude. Damn, bro. Yeah, yeah I'm old. Damn. Sorry. Damn. Forgot about that. Yeah, I'm up there, my friend. Sorry. I, I grew up on that shit. My first system was actually a ColecoVision. So that, that's how far oh, back man. I go. You were on the Coleco. Yeah, man. I was on that shit. <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, those are pretty much my Christmases for me. Like, again, I, I wasn't very the focus of my family, so they didn't really have time for me. So I didn't, like I said, I, I don't know. It's just, I was speaking of video games. If it wasn't for video games and pro wrestling, those are the things that taught me the most in life growing up. <laughs> yeah, bro, dudes out here just, like, body slamming people. Like, hey, Hulk Hogan was my real father, I tell you. <laughs> yeah. I was dropping leg drops when people would piss me off because I thought that was normal. That's funny dude but That's yeah funny. what can you do like i said my dad was a cyclist he didn't teach me how to ride a bike you think i'm gonna have a good christmas come on Damn. yeah that one's rough bro I, have to, I don't even know what to say about that one but 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 my wife tries now god bless her like she tries to get me in the spirit like you know like now i spend christmas majority with her side of the family and stuff so those those have been good I, i've enjoyed my adult christmases so yeah bro remember that remember this bro like you know some of the things in the past may have sucked but you still have a, a good life to live, a heart that beats, and there's plenty of room for new memories with people that do care about you or people you care about, and it's reciprocated. You know what I mean? No, for sure, exactly, and yeah, that's the well, way. You, you can't look hey, back. Sometimes we gotta, we gotta, you know, uh, I don't know. We gotta figure it out, even when it doesn't feel like it's worth figuring out. You know? No, for sure, most definitely. Okay, how about this? What are some of your favorite childhood presents that you've gotten? What's one that stands out? They're like, "Shit, mom, you got this for me, dude." Yes, oh, no. I, I can tell you right now. Okay, please. 
I um, it is a great story. My, when we got Super Nintendo. Okay, love it. Um, when, when we got Super Nintendo, we had just moved into this big old house, you know. Times, okay. times were good for my, my dad uh, and my mom business-wise. Nice. Um, we, my parents went, we begged them for Super Nintendo, man. And we told my mom the name of the games. It comes with Mario, but we watched Street Fighter oh, as well. Yes. And, <clears throat> and so we're like, mom, and my brother and I would be like, mom doesn't know what Street Fighter is. How are you going to, you know, not trusting that our mom would ask someone at Toys R Us. Right. Like, about, about, um about street fighter yeah and uh and anyway we had no clue that they had actually purchased this for us they go down the street to a holiday party at our neighbors their friends down the road yeah my brother and i and my sister are left there we're like we want to find um we want to find um where these gifts are hidden and so we are looking all over the place. We're like, oh, man, where are these darn gifts? We're looking to see, like, we wonder what they got us. Well, we're upstairs, and we're by their closet in their master bedroom. Okay. And we couldn't find it, and my brother and I somehow get into an argument in a shoving match. Oh, shut up. And, and we, he shoves me, and we, I shove him back. He shoves me. I fall kind of back into the open closet, and on the bottom of the floor of the open closet there it is. was a stuff covered with clothes, and when I hit it, it took some of the clothes off, yeah. and we both looked, and we couldn't believe it. We saw Super Nintendo's logo. We took all the clothes out. There it was. It was the Super Nintendo, and it was that was, is what was going to be our Christmas gift. Yeah. And we were like, no freaking way, and we were so That's amped. so awesome. We were jumping up and down. We were like hugging each other, yeah. and, then, um, and then we had to... We, we had to, it was so oh, no. funny because you do? we had to like pretend for the next week. We had okay. no idea. And my sister was threatening to like, I'm, I'm laughing so hard because this was so funny. My sister was threatening to tell our parents. Yeah. this whole thing. Man. But yeah, that was, that was one of my greatest gifts. And then the, a foosball table too was, oh, was the big one. Oh, that's awesome. You guys call it foosball? We call it Jatoni up here. What's that? We call it Jatoni, not foosball. You do? Yeah. You don't call it foosball or like, you're talking about matriquilos, right? Yeah, obviously the Portuguese is matriquilos, but we say, what did I just say? Oh my God. I, I just fucking dropped a, a ding ding, marijuana affects the memory. Um, what the fuck? Jatoni, fuck. You call, oh yeah. You, you know why? Oh, because that? that sounds like an Italian dish. I was just going to say, because the Italians used to play it a lot back in the day and then we just picked it up and called it Jatoni. Foosball is, again, oh. that's some white fucking California shit, man. That's funny. That is that that is that. You no know, foosball. No foosballs. Foosballs known as yeah. Maybe it is Cali. I don't know. No, it, but I'm, whatever I it's called, I I I've been known to whoop some major fucking ass in foosball, and I'm gonna lay that down right now, bro. Then you know what? I challenge you to the next time you're here in well, Toronto. Let's do it. Next time I'm in. To, all right, hey, this is a challenge, bro. Steve, next time I'm in Toronto, you. Me, you can even if you want to go doubles, pick your partner. I don't, I don't have a good one out there. I don't care. If you I don't have a, a partner there. either. Let's go, whatever you call it. It's foosball for me. It's rigatoni for you. Rigatoni, rigatoni with some down, parmesan right. on top. You're going down. No spinning. No, no. bullshit. Oh. All right. What are you talking about spinning? What am I five? I don't know. You look like a spinner, dude. You look like a spinner. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I look like a spin. Well, I can't be a spinner first off because I'm six two. For anyone who gets that joke, but that's hilarious. But yeah, no, okay, yeah, we'll we'll do it up. We'll do it up. We'll do one on one, and then All if right. you want, we'll do two on two, and then we'll see. 
All right. Are you, hey, you like chicken wings? Yeah, I, I, I'll eat them, but I won't go and seek them. What's your, what's your, what, what do you like to eat? Like, what's your like uh, guilty pleasure? Like, what, what type oh, of snack or food? Oh, it's pizza, pizza, or, or or potato chips. All right, dude. Hey, when we go, the loser, loser buys pizza. Okay, perfect. We'll do it. All right, done. We'll Even do though it. I'm not a big pizza guy, but hey. Okay, then fuck I'm... this. We'll do it at a Portuguese restaurant or Portuguese bar, and who, loser has to buy a frang. How about that? Boom. I'm all in on that. I can't wait to enjoy that frang, man. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, my friend. <laughs> okay, how about this? Before we, we, we call it a show and we wrap this shit up. I got to know. Okay. What's your favorite thing about being Portuguese? And what's the thing you dislike the most about being Portuguese? Oh, snap. This is good stuff, dude. This is, uh, I bring the heat, my friend. This is the good stuff on the podcast. Okay, let's see. What's my favorite? What's my least favorite? What's my Okay, I'll start with least favorite. Okay, sure. I would say, and this is not a knock on all Portuguese people. This is just something that we tend to see often in our community. And it's not just a localized thing here but i'd say it's kind of widespread at least outside of portugal maybe within portugal itself who knows okay here i feel like just the overall quickness to go the pessimistic route or (sighs) the 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 way that portuguese people at times can just not believe in something or not not um think that something could potentially work out for the best or that a, a big huge outlandish idea could one day become true like no sometimes i feel like they're used to playing the safe card and staying on the safe road that it's conditioned them to think i'm like um, at that. times that you know yeah th- things aren't going to work out no it's so true because that's why i brought up your bit of being nervous because that's it right there like why do you think all portuguese people are nervous because of our parents and it's funny yeah. They have no faith in taking that leap, but yet they're the most religious people like on this planet. And it's like, what the f- you uh, again? Crazy. Yeah, faith is supposed to be a big word, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that's the one I like the least. What I okay. like the most, you know, I I would say it's hard to put into words, but it's this this thing about being Portuguese that is just such a prideful passionate like just ownership of all things portuguese i i always think about growing up i had a lot of portuguese friends but i also had a lot of non-portuguese friends and one thing i'll tell you is every non-portuguese friend i had growing up Mm -hmm. has had great things to say about my portuguese family my portuguese community portuguese events food traditions everything they've all become portuguese by association and even some of them friends of mine have married portuguese women because of it some of mine have gone to portugal numerous times and have no roots there because of it like just this thing that we have inside of us that makes us unique this very likable fun cultured like community it's this thing i I, it's hard to it's this thing it's true. It's, 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 it's just in us. It's, it's so true. No, I, I, I totally understand. Like, I'm even myself, I'm always looking out to be like, oh, that's Portuguese. He's Portuguese. Oh, they're talking Portuguese. Yeah. Like, it's just something exactly. where, like, something perks up in us. Maybe, maybe your eyebrows or whatever, but something perks up when something's Portuguese around us. It's like, what? What? Where is it? I see it. Sort of like when you smell weed out in the wild, you try and find a person who's smoking. Like, you know what I mean? That's funny, dude. You're very, you're very right. Like, even when I'm watching TV, if I hear, 
something in somebody with a last name. It's like yes. That person's Portuguese, or I see a film and I hear an accent on a person. I'm like, wow, that sounds like they're Portuguese or they're Brazilian or blah, blah, blah. And my wife makes fun and at times pokes fun at me, but then she she's like, wow, you really have like a knack for recognizing Portuguese. You just know. <laughs> we, we, I don't know. We just know. We, we look... I don't know, I don't know if it, we look different, but there's just something that you know when someone's... I don't know if it's swagger, if it's just the way we talk, the way we... I don't know. There's just something about Portuguese people. Yeah, it's, it's this it's this funny thing, man. But yeah, we I definitely like how the community has has thrived even outside of Portugal. Um, yep. And I like how there's this togetherness. It's cool, man. No, that's awesome. Well, Taylor, it's been a pleasure. It's been an honor. It's been hilarious talking to you this past hour. Promote whatever you want to promote, my friend. Your socials, upcoming shows. Dude, yeah, absolutely. First and foremost, Merry Christmas. Um, Bo Festus to everybody. Um, I hope you are happy and healthy and in a nice warm place with a good meal in your belly uh, um, for Christmas. <laughs> um, as far as promoting, man, um, I could sit here and promote a ton of things. Uh, well, first, just my social. You can find me on Facebook at Taylor Amarante, uh, comedian, comic comedian, or on Instagram at, at Instagram. That's T-E-E-E-J-S-T-A-G-R-A-M, Instagram. Um, the one thing I would like to promote, uh, plenty of shows and things next year, and look out for that online. But coming up, something very, very special and unique um, that the Portuguese kids, myself, Mike Rita, and many others um, have been working on. Um, be on the lookout for it. It is um, it is a Portuguese American or Portuguese English television program that will be airing in March worldwide. Um, and we'll get into details more on that. But be on the lookout for it. It's called Portuguese Problems. Um, and it's going to be something very, very special. So please support it if you like it. And if you don't like it, like with Merda, and uh, that's, uh, that's how that's going to go, man. So uh, no time for hurt feelings. <laughs> that's awesome. And for myself, you can find me on Instagram and X under Finger Styles. You can follow the podcast on X, the podcast app. Email us your thoughts, suggestions, comments, anything you want to get off your chest at the podcast app at gmail.com. Please rewind to the top of the show. Support those fine sponsors because for those demo, most definitely helps me out. Most importantly, please rate, subscribe, review on all the major platforms. All right, I got one last question before I let you go, my friend. All right, so you've been to Canada, you've worked with Portuguese Canadians, so what is the biggest difference between Portuguese Canadians and Portuguese Americans? Uh, Portuguese Canadians uh, tend to be nicer at first. At first? <laughs> <laughs> that and a couple extra A's here and there, like, oh, you're from California, eh? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> of course, of course. But, but no, I, I, I feel like Portuguese Canadians are generally very nice, welcoming people. And in the United States right now, it's a confusing place. You never know what you're going to get. Sure, I totally understand. On that note, he's Taylor, I'm Steve, and to all the shatas and shatus out there, vai comer um caralho. This is the podcast. Peace.